Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 10 to 12 podcast, the official podcast of Teamsters Local 1150. I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Kaiti. And we're here with Statman. Statman. Jason Shoemaker. Um, so we talk about membership engagement a lot. Um, and and the reason we talk about that is is not just to get our members involved in their own union, but to, to get union members everywhere involved with other union members right we need to support one another whether it's whether it's during strike time when our fellow union workers are on strike or when workers in general are trying to organize a union so we talked several episodes ago about organizing amazon and touched on organizing walmart and we want to kind of give an update on that and talk about some other places that are that have organizing uh, attempts going on but first an uh, an update on amazon's organizing effort or more specifically the teamsters effort to organize amazon so the teamsters just announced recently um, that they are involved in organizing campaigns at at least nine canadian amazon locations so the teamsters have have chosen to look to Canada as the launching point for this big organizing effort against Amazon. Um, Maybe that's because they see it as a softer target because Canada has more union-friendly laws and and it seems to be a more union-friendly country right now than the United States, right? So, um, and, and I know that they're looking for success up there and hoping that that success trickles down to the United States or at least gives people hope and encouragement down here in the United States to start doing the same thing. So what's going on up there? At least nine locations. We don't really know yet. It's really early on in this process up there, and we don't really know yet how many locations are are targeted for organizing. We know of nine. Um Canada, Amazon Canada employs about 25,000 workers and has already announced that they plan to add 15,000 more workers up there. So we're talking about the possibility of 40,000 workers. So we know of a couple of locals up there who are involved. Uh, Local 362 in Edmonton, Alberta, they've already filed for a union vote at a fulfillment center up there in Nisku in late September. Nisku is in Alberta. September 13th, they filed that petition for a union vote. Uh, Local 632 says that they've already gotten enough cards signed uh, to meet that 40% threshold that is required to, to get a union vote. So they think they're there already, which is really good. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's apparent that they've been signing cards for a while up there Um, two of the five local unions that confirmed their organizing also said that they're running campaigns at multiple sites so we know of five locals up there who are engaged in organizing campaigns at amazon and two of them are engaged in multiple campaigns at the same time so again at least nine locations um, Jim Killy, who is an organizer with Teamsters Local 879, which is in Hamilton, Ontario, 
said any locals that have an Amazon facility in their area are doing an organizing campaign right now. Wow. So this is a massive effort, right? And um, I think the idea is to inundate Amazon with this effort so that they, they don't know where to defend. Yeah, they're going to have to find more union-busting firms to contract because yeah, if they're they trying to put out fires across the United States and Canada, you know, they're going to be in yep. trouble. Yeah. I think it's also worth noting, too, you know, the Teamsters have the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, which covers all of North America. So we're already positioned in Canada. So we really do have the best union uh, in terms of what we do. Logistics is kind of uh, the core of what the Teamsters are about. And we already are positioned in Canada to, to really make that move. So yeah. Yeah, there's no really other union yeah, that's are. better p- positioned to do the job. Good point. Um, so a- Amazon hasn't said a whole heck of a lot about this yet, um, but uh, Dave Bauer, who is the Amazon Canada spokesperson, has put out a statement, just one quick statement, and, um, and it sounds like every other statement when Amazon uh, comes into contact with a union. Um, Bauer says, as a company, we don't think unions are the best answer for our employees. Unions would prevent the company from changing quickly to meet employees' needs and represent the voices of a select few. Quote, the voices of a select few. So unions unions represent the voices of a select few. According I don't think to that's Amazon. true. <laughs> I, I, do, you don't think it's true, Vin? No, I think uh, I think more people want a union, and some are afraid to say or vote in favor of it because of Amazon's scare tactics. So, are you telling me that Amazon is lying about this? Yes. Wow, they're liars. That's pretty bold. Pretty bold. Um, okay, so so th- that's kind of a quick update on what's going on with the Teamsters' efforts to organize Amazon. Seems like it's rolling pretty pretty quickly. Right. And and we're going to keep you updated on Amazon um, and that effort up there in Canada as things develop. Again, this is a really new campaign that's going on or at least new in terms of being public. Right. It's it's clearly been going on for a little while, but it's now public and people are hearing about it. So now Amazon is reacting to it. Um, So we'll see how that goes. Um, And again, I know that we're not going to go and show up at in Canada to support these people on site. But, you know, when the opportunity arises, positive talk about unions is always valuable. Absolutely. So when you have a chance to have that conversation with your coworkers, with your neighbors, with your friends, talk about it, right? Talk about why you believe that unions are good for workers. Talk about your own experiences so that you can, you can convince people that unions aren't this big, bad monster in town, right? They're actually here yes. to to benefit the workers. So there's some other stuff going on out there. Yeah, there's some stuff going on in the, in the uh, coffee industry in uh, Buffalo, New York. Some Starbucks workers are trying to organize a few stores in the Buffalo area, and their, uh, their committee is called Starbucks Workers United Organizing Committee, and they sent a letter to the CEO of Starbucks, Kevin Johnson, Asking him to agree to non-interference principles while this organizing drive is going on. What does that mean, Ben? What is non-interference principles? Well, to not they they're asking the CEO to um, not put them through captive audience me- audience meetings, scare tactics, 
things like that. Things that companies usually use to stop an organizing drive or to really discourage the voter, uh, the workers from voting in favor of the union. So they're asking them to, to kind of step aside and let them make their decision. Yes. Good. And they said in their letter, provide a level playing field that will enable Starbucks partners, that's what, they, that's what the Starbucks calls their workers, to choose whether or not to unionize without fear of reprisal. Okay. Starbucks has 8,000 uh, stores, company-owned stores nationwide. In the last uh, organizing drive attempt, I believe, happened in Philadelphia, and it resulted in some illegal terminations and lawsuits that came afterwards. So the, the rulings recently came out on those lawsuits. Am I right or wrong? I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but the workers won those lawsuits. Am I right? I believe somebody got some of them got their jobs back. Yeah, I, I think I think I read that somewhere. Um, so we'll look at we'll we'll look for that uh, while while we're talking. But I I believe that those workers were ordered um, to be reinstated, and and we're talking after a couple of years. Yeah. So that's pretty significant. Absolutely. So what's Starbucks saying about this? Anything? The response from Starbucks was, while Starbucks respects the free choice of our partners, we firmly believe that our work environment coupled with our outstanding compensation and benefits makes unions unnecessary at Starbucks. Hmm. We respect our partners' right to organize, but believe that they would not find it necessary given our pro-partner environment. So if they believe that, Right. If they believe it's not necessary and they believe that their, quote, partners um, will realize that, then why not step aside and let them make that? Absolutely. Decision? And here's a quote from one of their employees. It says, Starbucks likes to say they don't consider us employees. They consider us partners. But we have no power in that partnership. And what he's referring yeah. to is the fact that they cannot discuss. They're not at, um, forced at all to discuss working conditions or bargain with these employees at all. They are at will employees. And there's nothing they can do. And, yep. you know, you listen to the statement um, about what they're doing and why it's not necessary for a union at Starbucks. And then you realize that Starbucks went out and hired, hired one of the most notorious uh, anti-union, union-busting firms to represent them right now. So right, it's the same exact behaviors as Amazon. So, yeah. So we, we respect our, our partners and we respect yes. their, their, um, their rights to join a union, but we're going to, we're going to hire some high paid lawyers to come up with tactics to discourage them from doing so. If they were true partners, they would have a voice in the workplace and that's it. They're not, they're, they're employees. Right. Um, and what I see right here in front of me is that Starbucks is doing what every other big company does out there when they are faced with a possible union vote. They're getting themselves involved, and they're trying yes. to force the what we call the bargaining unit. Um, they're they're trying to widen that, that yes. bargaining unit. So uh, Starbucks is trying to include twenty corporate-owned stores in Buffalo, New York, um, to be included in this bargaining unit and to be to be included in this vote. And the idea behind that that we've talked about before is to dilute that that bargaining unit yes to to make it so big that the folks who are organizing the union don't have the ability to get to all these people and yeah. talk to them about why they they believe that they should vote for a union right so let's dilute the field so that we get the vote to go our way yeah. 
And it's funny because all of these companies, they all parrot the same exact message in the media, which is we respect our workers' rights to organize. We respect our workers' rights to decide for themselves. But then they pollute them yes. with false information. They force them to sit in these rooms and listen to these you know, literal lies about unions. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm here to say actions speak louder than words. And it's when they say, oh... We respect their right. It's never the actions don't match up with the words ever. The reason uh, the workers kind of gave a re- uh, a reason why they're they're organizing. It's not it's not a specific policy that they're uh, that they're fighting against or that they're after. It's but as a commitment to making Starbucks, Buffalo, in the world a better place, which I totally agree with. Yeah. So. So they're not saying Starbucks is a terrible place to work. They're saying, hey, we we think it could be better, and we want to have a voice in that. We want to have yeah. a voice in our working conditions. Yeah, and most of the quotes we're seeing from the workers is talking about how they think that they can propel the company further. And, you know, that's, I think— something worth considering is a lot of these companies look at what is the union going to cost us. They don't look at there are positive things that happy workers can add to the work environment that are going to drive the profits up and that can pay for the pay raises and the benefit increases that they're seeking. Right. Good point. Yep. So their, their committee is actually a, a, a recognized union now. Am I right? SB workers United. I don't know if they're a, uh, recognized union yet i don't know if they're a recognized union but according to what i'm reading they are uh recognized by the nlrb as a bargaining agent okay for the workers so they made that petition and they're recognized by the nlrb as a bargaining agent so that's good yeah so this is not the only thing going on in the coffee industry no we actually have some success in the coffee industry yes we do at a at a company called uh collectivo coffee yeah. I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah, they're from the uh, Chicago area, and this this represents the largest cafe company to unionize uh, in the United States with uh, five coffee shops in the Chicago area. After a, a contentious deadlocked vote, the NLRB ruled on count, uh, counting additional votes that were uh, the company was that the company was contesting and. Um, they were actually votes of employees that were part of the company when the vote happened, but they had since moved on. So the company was trying to say, well, their votes don't count, but they were there for the organizing drive and they voted in it. Right. And this is a problem throughout the food service industry. Yes, it is. Um, and it's it's why the food service industry is one of the least organized industries in, in our country. Um, where only 1.2% of employees are represented by unions in the entire industry. And this is the problem because traditionally in the food service industry, including coffee cafes and all that yep. stuff, um, there, there's a lot of turnover. Right? Yes, These absolutely. Are not, n- not necessarily career jobs. Yeah. So there's turnover in the industry, which makes it really difficult to to hold a union vote. Especially exactly. under the conditions that we're in now, which which allow employers to to stretch out that process over sometimes years, at least over months. Yeah. So really difficult and and really good that um, these workers at Collectivo were able to to get it done. Pretty yeah. impressive, I think. Uh, on August twenty third they became a part of the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers. So that's odd, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. 
we have coffee coffee brewers who are who are in the IBEW. I know it's it's well, wild. I guess the I guess the uh, brewing machines run on electricity, so yeah, uh, it's all good. Uh, uh, but but hey, whatever you know, a union is a union. The yeah, Teamsters used absolutely. to be Teamsters used to be exclusively a, a truckers union, and yeah. look at us—we build helicopters and we're Teamsters. So um, progress, I think. A union is a union. Yeah, but we better not sleep on Amazon, or they might end up some. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> some other I agree. <laughs> yeah, never sleep on Amazon. Yeah, true. Um, what else? So we have. We have another success, and this is this is a little different. Um, the results are a little different, and uh, this is a coffee shop in Providence, Rhode Island, called White Electric Coffee, and the uh, the workers decided to organize, but it ended up resulting in the workers buying the business and becoming a worker-owned cooperative. How did that happen? They were organizing a union, and the owner decided to sell, and they. The workers uh, on April 21st of 2021 bought the business for a half a million dollars. Nice. How many workers do you know? So the, uh, the organizing drive was originally started by 39 workers, and the letter was signed and sent to the, uh, the owner of White Electric Coffee that they were organizing because they, they wanted the owner to hire more people of color, enroll in anti-oppression training, increase wages, and make the uh, the cafe wheelchair accessible among uh, among other demands. Hmm. The workers uh, also said that they they had some anti union tactics happen where five of their uh, active employees who were uh, signers on the letter were laid off by the owner. The workers uh, end up uh, joining a independent union in the in the area of Providence. A uh, called the Collaborative Union of Providence Service Workers, or CUPS, and the uh, the owner of the coffee shop end up uh, recognizing the union on on their own on September eighth of twenty twenty, and then later decided to to sell is where when the workers stepped in and and decided to buy the business. This is really rare too. Yeah, it's pretty rare. There are there are other worker-owned cooperatives throughout the country, and um, there's about 500 nationwide, covering about 7,000 workers. So uh, again, pretty rare. Seven when when you consider how many workers are in the United States, 7,000 workers who are uh, members of worker-owned cooperatives. That's, yeah. that's a pretty small group of folks. Yeah. Um, so this is, th- that's a big deal. It right? is a big deal. When you're going, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but, but if I was, if I was a worker and I was trying to organize my workplace yeah. to improve conditions, I'm not sure that I'd be all in on buying the business if that yeah. were the, if that were an option, you know, I'm not yeah. sure if that would be what I wanted to do. But um, on the same note, you're totally invested at that point, right? Mm-hmm. As a worker and as an owner, <laughs> you yeah. got to survive. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, who's well, better positioned for, for that battle? Yeah. <laughs> big, um, you know, risk reward. Well, the, the great thing about worker owned cooperatives is that usually uh, run under the principles of one person, one vote, and ev- all the decisions are made democratically. Mm hmm. Thru- and this is actually the second coffee company that's done that. Switchback Brewing um, is is another uh, 
employee owned company. Yeah, they're they're a uh, beer brewer in Burlington, Vermont. Oh, so that's that's a beer brewer. That's I'm a sorry. beer brewer they're in Burlington, not a coffee Vermont. Brewer. But there are a couple other companies that people might know is Bob's Red Mill out of uh, Oregon and uh, another Vermont company, uh, King Arthur Flour. Okay. Now Red Mill's a flour company too, right? Yeah, they they do like flaxseed and you know they have like a whole line of. Really great stuff. Who would have thought the flower industry would be uh, leading the way for I know, right? own businesses. Right. I know. So a, a lot of stuff going on out there um, to to try to organize um, big business, small business, and, and that's great. But but you know, for every action, there's an equal reaction, yeah. right? And this is true in the world of organizing. Absolutely. And and so these these companies, most of them are law firms, are are, you know, they're offering their services to these companies to fight union organizing, and and there's some very specific stuff that they're that they're teaching employers. Uh, to watch for, right? So they're they're actually they're letting these businesses know why people typically look to join a union, and they're telling the business owners to watch for this stuff, right? They're saying um, they're essentially saying, "Hey, you should offer decent pay. You should offer a um, a, a business model that." allows workers to approach management about their issues, all that stuff. So what they're saying is offer them what looks like an organized workforce, right? What what looks like a union environment Mm -hmm. so that they don't want a union environment. Yeah. Um, But it's not the same because you really don't have a voice in a workplace that that there is no union in. Um, And they warn about certain quote, tactics that unions use against companies. And I say against, I don't know if it's an against thing, right? It, it's, it, there are methods that we use to speak to, to potential union members. Yeah. Um, card check is a big thing that, that we are in favor of. And these law firms are actually warning employers to stay away from card check. So, so, in case you don't know what card check is, card check is a process by which we, the union, get potential union workers, union members, to sign a card saying that they're in favor of a union. Okay, This is not a vote under the NLRB. This is an independent thing that the union does, right? So we, we hand out cards and we say, hey, sign this card saying that you're in favor of the union. Yeah. If we get a certain percentage of it's usually 70% of of the bargaining unit the potential bargaining unit if we get 70% of those folks to sign a card what we'll do is we'll approach the employer and say hey why don't you just recognize the union yeah. rather than go through that process of a vote just recognize the union um, many employers do um, especially and, the big ones like Starbucks and Amazon that yeah, say they respect yeah, their workers rights yeah no they never do <laughs> wasn't that a law that we uh, that we were trying to get past the employee free free choice act where it was 50 percent plus one yeah yeah so so you know car check is, it, car check is a big thing it, it really does save a lot of a lot of heartache for everyone right it it saves the company time and effort if the inevitable is that the union's gonna gonna 
come into the workplace. Yeah. Right. So it saves that employer time and trouble to try to fight that process when and the process money. when the outcome is inevitable. Right. And money. So um, so car check is a good thing. Um, but these these union busting firms are are letting employers know that car check is not a good thing. Yeah. They're teaching them that car check is not a good thing and they should never recognize a union without a rank and file vote that is overseen by the NLRB. Yeah. So they're 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 telling the employers to directly fight against car check. One of one of the big things that we believe in. Now, if we pass the PRO Act, yeah. then then um, we don't need car check anymore because we're gonna have quick union elections yeah. that are overseen by the NLRB and that the employer is not going to be a part of. Um, so, you know, they're, they're telling, they're telling employers that they should fight against this because they're claiming that unions coerce workers into, into signing these cards, mm-hmm. threaten workers to sign these cards, which isn't true. Listen, um, you know, do bad things happen out there? Probably. Of course. But by and large, unions are, are going through this process in an honest and open way because, listen, it it's a waste of our time if, if a secret ballot vote happens— those people whose arms we twisted to, yeah. to sign a card are not going to vote for the union. So it's a waste of our time and money. Exactly. So why would we do that? And so that's our counter argument to the idea that we're, you know, that we're threatening people to sign these cards. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense at all. Um, one of the other tactics, and I'm using that word because that's the word that they use, um, that they warn employers about is salting um and i don't think salting is as common as uh these anti-union firms say it is but it's out there right it does happen and what salting is is when a union sends one of their members to uh to a prospective employer right a a, a target that we want to organize they send one of their members to that employer to apply for a job yeah and get a job and um and and what they're saying these employees do is they they immediately begin to to try to organize that workforce um which is which is true right they're they're going to go in there and they're going to start talking about why the union um is a good thing but then what they're lying about is they're saying that these workers intentionally violate company rules in order to get fired, and then the union will fire, file an unfair labor practice lawsuit against that employer for firing that worker because of his union activity. And, and, and that's, where, that's where it becomes really yeah. shady, right? These folks are not going in there getting fired for violation of company rules and then filing these lawsuits because, again, that doesn't make any sense. If the employer is doing their homework, right, and if they're doing their due diligence, then they're documenting the reason why this person got fired and and the lawsuit is going to fail, right? They are firing these people because of their union activity. And so the lawsuits are valid and yeah. legitimate, and and that's why we're winning those lawsuits. But yes, salting does happen, and and um, and these union busting law firms are out there, and they're and they're they're warning employers that hey, watch out for salting, um, and and you know be be wary of it. 
So, Steve, you've got these woke employers, right? And they're all providing these fantastic benefits, and they all totally respect their employees' rights to organize, right? Um, So if we organize a workplace, what does it cost the employer? Do they pay union dues? No. Right. So if they're not paying dues and they're already giving the best benefits and they're already respecting their workers and communicating with them and allowing them to have a a voice in the workplace, what are they worried about? Exactly. What's it going to cost them? Nothing. 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 A grievance procedure, you know, that's the ability for members to voice their concerns and the company has to listen. Yeah. So, you know, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to anybody. Uh, of course not. And, 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 and that's the things that we have to say, right? We need to point that out to people because, um, uh, again, like you said, these employers are not as woke as they claim to be. Yeah. Right there. And, and that's a whole other episode that we could do. There are books that um, actually there's a there's a book that's out there right now um, that was just written. That's all about this new tactic that that big employers are using like Amazon. You know, y- y- the Amazon commercials you see now have nothing to do with selling products on their website. Yeah. They have to do with buying electric trucks because they're so they're so concerned about the environment. Yeah. Right. And and that's just so you as a consumer are going to say, hey, that's the company I want to give my business to. Exactly. But they're not mentioning that um, their employees pee in bottles because they they can't take bathroom breaks. Exactly. Right. So um, that's a whole other episode. We're going to talk about um, this this whole um, this false image of woke employers. Yeah. Um, I want to do a whole episode on that. So I think that's our organizing update, Um, some good stuff going on out there, Uh, some stuff that when you have the opportunity as a union worker to support it, either just by your your conversations on a day-to-day or by getting out there and um, and leafleting an employer or talking talking to prospective union workers about why you believe they should be in a union. Um, whatever you can do to support that effort, that's what we should be doing. And remember, the workers are the union. We are the union. Absolutely. And that's one of the mantras that, that the, the, uh, the Starbucks folks are talking about. They're saying, we are the union. We are Starbucks. Exactly. Right? So... One thing we need to talk about uh, before we end this is reminding our members that there's an IBT officer's election coming up. Yep. You will be receiving a ballot in the mail around October 4th. That's when the ballots are going to go out. This is really important. Um, We traditionally have a really poor turnout for officers' elections at the IBT level, down around under 20%. Yeah, about 18%. 18 wow. percent and that's across the country right and and that's terrible um and uh you know rocco did a membership meeting just yesterday as we're recording this um and mentioned this right that that if we as a union said hey you don't have the right to vote for officers and vote on your contract people would burn the union hall down exactly. and in some unions they don't have that right right yes yep. they don't so we do and, and we should exercise that right. So we're just reminding you that on October 4th, the IBT is going to be sending out ballots for this election. Please vote. Just get out the vote. We're not telling you how to vote. Just get out there. Return that ballot. Yep. Yes. The postage is paid. It takes 30 seconds to fill out. Yep. 
And, you know, you got to keep in mind, companies watch these elections and they wait to see how many people care enough to take 30 seconds to fill out a bubble and stick yeah, it in a mailbox. Go. Yep. Really important. So for us at Local 1150, as we approach contract negotiations, believe me, th this is public information that you can look up on the Internet. So believe me when I tell you that Sikorsky Aircraft is going to look it up on the Internet yeah, and see are. how active and how involved Local 1150 is in their union because that's important information to them. So let's be active. Let's get out there. Let's get that vote um, done. Like Jason said, it's, it's not going to cost you anything. Yeah. Postage paid, just fill it out, stick it in the postage paid envelope, and put it in the mailbox. Make sure your voice is heard. Yep. Yeah. And make sure to send it back right away. That, gonna that too. They're going to count those, I think, in the middle of November. So you want to get that back within a week. Yeah, don't wait. Because the longer you wait, if you stick it on your kitchen table and you let it sit there, then it's going to sit there forever. Um, when you get it, open it, fill it out, send it back. Okay? Um, so what's this week's contest? This week's contest is what event popularized coffee drinking in the United States? Oh, that's a good one. So... That's the question. What event popularized coffee consumption in the United States? Send us your answers to comms at teamsters1150.org. That's C-O-M-M-S at teamsters1150.org. Uh, include your name and contact information, and we'll put all the correct answers in a hat and shake them up and pick out one winner to win some cool local 1150 stuff. All right. So that's it for this episode. Once again, thank you for downloading it. Thank you for for listening. Don't forget to follow us. We want followers. Absolutely. Um, episodes drop every Monday. Uh, so look for that every Monday. Thanks for being with us for a while. I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Caizzi. And we're with Jason the Statman. Statman. We'll see you next time. Statman.